Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 95. We'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for December 2nd, 2018. The lesson title is Treasure. It is the ninth of the series Inside Out, which takes us through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. What you see is what you get. So our scripture today, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is a big deal. So often then and now, the fixation, and I guess this is a good time because we're coming into Christmas, so often the fixation is, when am I going to get my treasure, my stuff, that thing that I'm shooting for, the thing I got on my visioning board or on my to-do list or in my journal or under my pillow or wherever, how am I going to get my treasure? I just want my fair share. What's my thing happening? I have Amazon Prime. Does that affect this? Over and over again. Then and now. The question is, when am I going to get my treasure? And there's Jesus saying, it's great to, to want that, to need that. It's okay. But that's the wrong question. The question is not, where is your treasure? The question is, yeah, but what's in your heart? But what's in your heart? Over and over again, and over and over again, and over and over again. Part of the key message of Christianity is this. You already have what it takes. You are already a child of God. You don't have to earn that. It just happens. You have what it takes right now to solve that problem in your life, to get to the other side of that family thing, to to fool the doctors, to get past that negative diagnosis. You already have what it takes to have a life that makes sense. You have what it takes to cure cancer, to write the great American novel, to corner the market. There's nothing different about any hero you've ever had than what you have. Over and over again, part of the central message of Christianity is you have what it takes, but maybe, he might say, you're asking the wrong question. Maybe you're digging in the wrong place. Maybe it's time to look a different way to cast your nets on the other side, as he told the disciples. Maybe it's time to do it differently. Once again, it's okay to want the treasure. It's okay to want to pay your bills. It's okay to want to pick up the tab for somebody else. It's okay to want all of those things. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst, right? We're okay with that. But don't be defined by your need. That's the difference. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. It's okay to want something. It's okay to hunger and thirst for righteousness or love or just a day that doesn't make you feel lousy. It's okay to want that. But don't be defined by the emptiness. Be defined by the fulfillment. Be defined by the yearning in action instead of the yearning in repose. That's an important difference. Because love doesn't hold still. Love seeks out more opportunities to love. But love doesn't hold still. Don't be defined by your emptiness. Once again, here's Jesus saying, what's in your heart? Are you defined by more opportunities to go and do and be and learn and so on? Or are you defined by the hole in your life? You know exactly what I mean. Because you know that person. Maybe you've been that person. Don't try this at home. How was your day? Oh, let me tell you about all of the bad things. Did that thing work? Yeah, that thing worked. But let me tell you about all the things that did not work. How was the restaurant? It was great, but those breadsticks were ridiculous. You know what I'm talking about. Don't be defined by the emptiness. Because you're going to get more of what's in your heart 
And so if you walk around talking about what's wrong, you're never going to get to what's right. It just doesn't work that way. You're going to get more of what's in your heart. So once again, here's Jesus saying, what's in your heart? The cosmic message is you are going to get signs and miracles and wonders and experiences of God based on your capacity to be okay with it. You're going to get signs where you want to get signs based on your ability to agree with God, to be okay with that happening. A long time ago, I think it was all four of us, me and Jenny Miles and Ray were driving around, and we were solving a problem. Most people listen to the radio. We were solving a problem. We were like, what are we going to do about this thing? And to be honest, I don't even remember what it was, but it was animated, and it was big, and there was this thing that we had to do. And like a lot of times in my life, Maybe like a lot of times in yours too. I just wanted some kind of sign. I know God's watching. I know it's there. I know I'm part of this amazing cosmic whatever it is. I know that God is happening. And I'm hungry for the sign. And we got to a stoplight and zooming past the other way. Never forget it. It was a Maserati. Now I'm not a big car guy. Maybe you're not a big car person either, but Maserati is an expensive Italian car because it's expensive and gorgeous and all that. You don't see a lot of them on the road. It's a rare thing. And in my mind in that moment, I just decided, you know what, you never see those. Maybe that's the sign. Because it's just, it was a weird occurrence. I don't worship Maseratis. It's not a golden calf situation. But to me in that moment, it's like, oh, see, God's going, see, there it is. Something special happened. That's all. Nothing mystical. Just something special happened. Just get in touch with the idea that special things happen, that it's going to be okay. Maserati went by. And I commented on it, and I got teased about it, which is healthy. But over time, I'd see one every once in a while. Like I said, it's rare. It's like the first robin of spring or something like that. Every once in a while, I would see a Maserati and half joking, but look, I'll be honest, half not joking. I would go, look, there's a Maserati. It's going to be a good day. I just sort of decided. And I knew there wasn't anything magical about it. And yet, hmm, you want the sign, you know? And I was okay with the idea of that being the sign. And this went on for years. Years. And I loved the idea of it. But here's the thing. Sooner or later, your goofiness will be taken away from you. Sooner or later. Because any faith is faith. Any faith works. But sooner or later, you bump up against the limitations of your faith. Sooner or later, that thing you look for, God will go, yeah, but you know what? And that can happen positive, or that can happen negative, and you know exactly what I mean, because everyone has experienced it. My next-door neighbor bought a Maserati. I see it every day. <laughs> I don't even live in a Maserati kind of neighborhood. I really don't. It just sort of, I don't know how he's paying the bills. Don't matter. I see it every day. And I gotta tell you, this happened about three weeks ago. I gotta tell you, there was a part of me that was kind of bummed out because now I don't have this rare thing. <laughs> Life is like that. There are so many people that come to me going, I just want to sign, and there's God going, Look around at your life. Do you know how amazing your circulatory system is? The fact that we're on this ball spinning through space at a million miles an hour? Look at the fact that love happens at all. Doesn't need to, biologically speaking, but it does. You want a sign, look around. So here's God going, you're hungry for this one thing that only happens every once in a while? Let me put one right next to him. God will do that for you. Once again, positive or negative, look for your sign. Sooner or later you realize they're all Maseratis. 
you know? There's a special moment that happens to the degree that you let yourself be broadened, to you let yourself be open. So many people yearn for some distant treasure. When am I going to get the promotion? When am I going to fall in love? When is the lottery ticket going to happen? Will there be donuts after the service? So many people wait for this thing to happen at the end. But nothing ever ends. So that's kind of a silly thing. Part of what Jesus is saying, I think, is stop yearning for the distant thing. Because treasure can feel far away. But how close is your heart. Doesn't get any closer, right? That thing that you're yearning for is as close as it gets, as near as a microphone. That thing that you're yearning for is already right there. And that is a profoundly different way of looking at the world. Now this quote, that part, comes right after Jesus does that store of treasures in heaven part. You know that part? Maybe somebody used that part against you when you were wanting something nice and they told you to quit wanting things that were nice. Store up your treasures in heaven. Let's all be miserable together. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody may have told you at one point in your life that storing up treasures in heaven is the same thing as being miserable and hopefully, if you're a good Christian, making other people miserable as much as possible. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. So often, that is the, the cliche. Now, let me be clear. It is really important to prioritize. It is really important to pay attention to what is permanent and what is not permanent. To what is worthwhile, is going to help you grow and learn and love more and change things, and what isn't. So much of this thing called life is about figuring out what works and what doesn't. So many times, people come to me, and the problem that they have, the challenge, the struggle, is identifying things that go away and treating them like they're permanent, and identifying things that never change and treating them like they don't matter. There are so many people that identify with the job. This job can tell me who I am. No, it can't. People get new jobs and get fired all the time. That can't give you your identity. And they're shattered when the job changes. People are identifying with the drama. The drama changes. It's not a thing. can't tell you who you are. So many times the problem that people have is treating things that are fleeting like they're permanent and trying to get something out of it that they can't get out of it. Blood from a stone. But on the other hand, some people treat things that never change, like love, like honor, like it doesn't matter. And that's the problem. So often the work that I do is a work of reprioritization. If you can figure out what changes and what doesn't change, you're on the right track. And that's part of what storing up treasures means. Here's what it doesn't mean. Be miserable now so that you can be happy later. It's so funny. So many people do that thing where they go, I must therefore to be a good Christian. I must have a terrible time. Jesus, who said, I came that your joy might be full. What do you think he would say about that? Jesus, uh, not just wine, but good wine. What do you think he would say about that? Come on. The, the, the good time isn't all there is to you. But at no point did he say, we should all have a terrible day. Mark 15, <laughs> Come on now. It doesn't work that way. It has never worked that way. It is just a convenient cop-out. When you go to a church and you say, my life feels broken. If the church can't help you, maybe they'll go, good, it's supposed to be broken. And then we don't have to solve that problem. Jesus fixed things. 
Your relationship with spirit should fix things. If it doesn't, maybe there's some tweaking that needs to be done. Not in God, but in me. Expect your spirituality to be transformational. Otherwise, it ain't all that spiritual. That's just the deal. So, yes, it's important to prioritize. But no, this is not about storing up treasures where they don't rust and corrode and people don't steal them because simply safe hasn't been invented yet. It's not about that. It's not about a physical thing. Jesus didn't say, store up your treasure where they won't decay. Let me tell you about Sarana. The Sermon on the Mount was not a Tupperware party. Here's the question. Are we going to think about things in a material way? Or are we going to think about things in a spiritual way? Because materially, yes, there's distance and there's difference and there's time. Spiritually, all of that goes away, doesn't matter, doesn't happen. In God, none of that matters. This is not about being miserable now so that later on something works. It doesn't make any sense. In the computer industry, we say garbage in, garbage out. If you put misery into the machine, you're not going to get happiness out of the other end. never works that way. Let us practice honor, love, truth, happiness. Let us practice answers, transformation, revolution. Let us practice what works now to get really good at it later. That's closer to what Jesus might say. No, storing up treasures has to do with prioritization. Like I said before, it has to do with paying down the principle of life. You know what I mean? Remember when you first got a credit card? And it was a matter of, I can buy it. At 400%. (laughs) It's amazing, the raw power. Feel it. And then pay it off forever. It's amazing. And everybody who who is an adult knows that moment of going, well, I'm paying, but I'm just hitting the interest. I'm not touching the principal, and so it's always going to be there. You know exactly what I'm talking about if you've ever paid a bill. The interest will always be there. In a not-so-different way, there are things in your life that will always be there that don't matter. There are always going to be dirty dishes. I'm not saying don't do the dishes. My son's not even in the room right now. I'm not saying don't do the dishes, Miles. (laughs) But I am saying don't let the doing of the dishes define you. There are things that are just have to happen. Don't let them define you. That's interest. Find a way to pay down the principle, to move the needle, so to speak, to move forward in your life. Did I grow today or did I just keep putting out the same fire over and over again? You know what I mean. That's the priority. Where will you spend your treasure? And that's kind of the interesting thing. So many people spend so much time yearning for some distant thing to happen, some shit to come in, some faraway treasure. But when Jesus talks about treasure, he doesn't talk about getting something. He talks about using something. As it turns out, your treasure isn't something you get. It's something you have. Something you spend how you choose to. That's That changes everything. What if it's not about the emptiness in me, but rather how do I fill my world? What if it's not about how I sit still, but how I live? What if that changes everything? So many times people say, how do I get more treasure? Jesus used the word treasure, but you could just as easily use a word like money or attention, whatever, the thing that you want. How do I get more of that thing? And Jesus said, is that really what we're supposed to focus on? People come to me and they say, well, how do I get more stuff? How can I be successful in life? What book? What's the password to God? It's 
secret, not secret handshake, secret something. No secrets. The key to the universe is missing because it's been left unlocked. And I say, well, it's not about the physical things. We talked about that. It's about what's in your heart. Okay, well, good. How can I get more stuff to fill my heart? Where do I go to do that? And all that happened is the nouns got changed. Here's the thing. If we are going to solve different problems, if we are going to be the kind of people who are solving different problems than they solved in the Bronze Age, we've got to start asking different questions. When you think about it, a lot of the people that you know are working on the same kind of issues, just different technology, but the same kind of issues that people worked on thousands of years ago. It's time for a paradigm shift. It's time to do it differently. It's time to think about things differently. And what that means is not thinking about the same thing just with different nouns. People go, you know, I used to go to that church where all they talked about was going to heaven and I'm sick of that. So now I go to this church and all they talk about is going into the oneness. So much better. Is it? Any different? I went to that church and they're so closed-minded over there. In fact, oh, I, I hate those people who are so closed-minded. Wait a minute. Because I got to tell you, I have been to traditional churches where you go in and you say, you know what, I'm just trying to figure out my relationship with God. And they will give you a hug and maybe ask you if you want some potato salad later. And I've been to so-called progressive churches where if you don't face the four directions just right or whatever it is, they tell you you're no good. We've got to do more than change the nouns. Because here's the thing, it's not ever about the nouns, it's about the verbs. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do differently with what God has given you? And that's the big reversal. Instead of a God that's somewhere far away, what if miracles are here? Imminent, in fact. What if God is not limited, but in fact infinite? How does that change? People ask me about how prosperity works. There's a lot to say. Louise Hayes made a career out of it. Catherine Ponder has made a career out of it. Charles Fulmer has a great book called Prosperity, strangely enough. You ought to read it. It's a great book. But there's a lot in there. How do I prosper, people ask me. And there's a lot of little things you can do. You cannot prosper if you don't talk. You cannot prosper if you don't forgive. You cannot prosper if you don't know how to smile and laugh out loud. You cannot prosper if blah, 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 blah. There's a lot. But if I was going to give you the fortune cookie moment of that, the key to the whole thing, as I understand it, it's this. Imagine yourself in an infinite place. That's it. Imagine yourself in an infinite place. Because if you are in an infinite place, things like being a giving person become easier. It's easier to forgive somebody if you realize there's no skin off my nose to let you go, to let you be happy. If you are in an infinite place, you stop worrying about the silly things that we don't need to worry about. Can you imagine going, gosh, if only I had more gravity. Because I've got to do some walking around, and I don't want to spin off into space later on. I've got to budget my gravity. It doesn't work that way, does it? It's a silly thing. Because gravity is a property of mass. It just happens. I'm here to tell you that that's how we're supposed to think about God. Just as gravity is a property of mass, prosperity is a property of you being a child of God. It's not getting it, it's what you do with it. That is a profoundly different idea. What do you do with what God gave you? Instead of how do I get more of what is infinite? It's a silly thing. And it changes everything to think about just a little bit differently. What do you do with infinity? That's the question. What do you do with infinity? 
I'll tell you something. It means no more waiting. No more waiting. Where's God? Right now. Not someday. Where's God? Right now. Not somewhere else. Right here. Where's God? This is a profound difference. And everybody knows that every Sunday school kid goes, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst because I read that somewhere. God is everywhere because I read that somewhere. How does that change things if I'm not supposed to just wait for God to show up like I'm waiting for a bus? Honestly. Once again, blessed are they who hunger and thirst. But don't sit in your hunger. Be the hunger. I'm going to say it again. It's not the noun. It's the verb. How can you act out the fulfillment? So no more standing on the beach yearning for that moment. And no more telling people how you're defined by your, your sickness and your heart sickness and your despair and your loneliness and your emptiness. Yes, it's romantic, but this is not the Hallmark Channel. Enough of that. Standing on the beach waiting. You know that wonderful little poem about footprints where when there was two sets of footprints, I walked alongside you. And when there was just one set, it was because I got sick of your whining and went for a frappuccino. Something like that. <laughs> Enough. Where is God? It's time to stop acting like we're supposed to wait for God because here's the thing. What is in your heart now is what is in your life now. If you don't like what is in your life, change what's in your heart. This is the thing. People come to me and they say, how can I do the things that are important to me? I've got these big dreams. How can I do the things that are important to me? And you know my answer because you've heard it before. You are already doing what's important to you, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, but I don't like my life. I don't like these things that I do. Yeah, you know what? I didn't say you're doing what you like. I said you're doing what's important to you. I'm not wild about flossing, but it's important. So I do it. You are already doing what's important to you right now. If you don't like what you do, change not what you do, but what's in your heart to do. Change what's important to you. Have you ever noticed that people who love drama can manifest more drama? They're so good at it. People who love heartache can always have a new, fresh, amazing story of rich heartache. What you love, you will get more of every time. To quote the gospel of Princess Leia, if money is all that you love, then that's what you will receive. Which is, if you squint at it, kind of the same thing as where your heart is, there your treasure is, right? It's the same thing. You can look around at your life and realize where your heart is because it's what you're experiencing. And that means you have a choice. Look around at your life. You like what's going on? Keep doing that. It's easy. Not complicated. Keep doing that if you like it. If you don't like it, here you go. Mystical teaching. Quit it. I know. It's weird. It's esoteric. Quit it. Change what's in your heart because that is the one and only place you have control. Change what's in your heart. You know what love feels like. You know what life feels like. You know what power feels like. You know what honor feels like. Do that. Choose that. Live that. Stop living in the drama of it because you're only going to get more of it. Decide right now to let love be the truth of your heart. Watch what happens. No more waiting for God. You know where God is. No more waiting for miracles. You're the miracle. No more waiting for nouns. You're the verb. Today, you are all that the universe needs. You are all the love, all the life, all the
the truth, all the heroism, all the courage. You are what the world requires, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Let that be the truth of your heart, and let everything else go. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. This is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening to that Sunday lesson, and I want to thank you for being part of our virtual church family. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing at Water and Stone Church, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's all kinds of amazing content. There's blog posts and videos and other episodes of this podcast and just all kinds of great things. And especially there's a calendar of events. We're always doing amazing uh, service projects in the community, all kinds of classes and services. Go to our website and find out how you can be a part of it. You can also text I am ready to 84576. That's all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576. It's a great way to get a once a week message about what we're up to. That's how we do our newsletter and special events and stuff like that. It's a great way to be in the loop. This podcast and everything that we do at Water and Stone is supported by you. And what that means is there's a lot of little things you can do to help us keep the lights on around here. If you go to the website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, you can find out how to give electronically. You can find out how to shop at Amazon in such a way that benefits the church at no extra cost to you. Really and truly, though, the best way to support what we're doing is to help spread the word. Repost this. Tweet it. Like it on Facebook. Find our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. We've got two amazing YouTube channels. Go find those and like and subscribe and share. That's huge for us. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or whatever, please give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. But at the end of the day, there's nothing like being there with us in person. Come join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday at the beautiful Harbor Hall. That's part of the University of South Florida's St. Pete campus. The street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., there is a sense of family, a feeling of community, an uplifting lesson, music like you've never heard anywhere, and a life-changing message. It's time for a new life for you and a new world for all of us.